Today we're beginning a new series in the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 11. This passage is often called the Hall of Faith because one person after another from the Old Testament is listed and their, their faith described. And so as we walk through this, this chapter over the next few weeks and look at some of the, just the great heroes from the Old Testament we can learn so much from, we see a great example of what it means to live by faith. You know, if we think about where we are today, uh, never in the history of the world have we have access to more information than we do right now. You can log on to the internet and, and you can find access to data and books and articles. Uh, no generation before us has had access to more information than we currently do. But more information has not led to more certainty and confidence. In fact, today we live in a society of anxiety and stress. One of the things that causes anxiety is not knowing what's coming. So we think, is there, a, is there another wave of the pandemic that's coming? And they say we're in an endemic now, but you know, there, things were better, then there was the Delta, then there was Omicron, will there be something else that's, that's going to be worse? A lot of us feel like we're set for retirement, but if we experience hyperinflation, will it eat up everything that we have so that we go from being very comfortable to maybe can't survive? It feel pretty good today, but will tomorrow I discover that I have some kind of disease that I didn't even heard of before? Anxiety. A lot of anxiety comes from uncertainty about the future. All those things that I mentioned, we can't have certainty about. We don't, we don't know the future. We don't have the ability to, to see into the future. But there's many other things that the Bible gives us great certainty and confidence about. And we arrive at that by living by faith. And as we look at some of these examples over the next few weeks of these people, we see how this really works out in our life, how we can have certainty about many things in our life. Certainty that, that gives us peace and assurance, even in the face of uncertain things like health and inflation and relational problems. So Hebrews chapter 11, we're going to begin today in, in verse 1 and just look at verses 1 through 4 as the, the author of Hebrews really sets up for us what is faith before we move into these characters. So Hebrews chapter 11, beginning in verse 1, would you just join me in standing out of honor and reverence for God's word as we read this together. Hebrews chapter 11, beginning in verse 1, says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the people of old received their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. Let's pray together. Father, help us to understand this passage today. Speak to us that we might realize why we need to live by faith. For it's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Well, if we think about living by faith, well, what is faith? Well, faith gives us assurance that the promises of God are certain. So in verse 1, it's really a definition and a description of what faith is. 
That passage that we just read says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. I think we've all known the different people that had all kinds of assurance and confidence, but didn't necessarily have any basis for that assurance and confidence, right? But when we think about faith, faith is assurance and confidence that is based upon the character and nature of God. When we put our faith in him, it's not an unfounded faith. So faith means that I have absolute assurance of things that are hoped for. So when we talk about things that are hoped for, we're talking about the future. So how can we know our future? Well, first, I want you to think about this. The Bible clearly teaches us that God never meant for his children to live in fear, wishing for an eternal life that, that, that may or may not come. That's just that's not God's design for us nor call upon our life. So listen to what 1 John chapter 5, verse 13 says about knowing and eternal life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. That you may know that you have eternal life. I've met many people who, when I begin to ask them if they have any kind of faith, and we begin to speak about spiritual things, indicate that they have real uncertainty about their salvation i've heard many people say to me well pastor i i hope i'm gonna make it pastor i'll be doing good if i can get in the lord never meant for us just to live in anxiety and fear wishing that that maybe we might be able to receive the promise that he has given he meant for us to live with certainty and with confidence. In fact, First uh, John, as First John throughout that letter offers all these different points about how people know that they're saved. The point of First John was not to lead anybody who's saved into doubt, but to lead people who are saved into certainty and assurance. And that's why I said, these things I write unto you that you may know that you have eternal life so when i come to the point in my life that i believe that what god has said is true and i and i trust him then no i don't know how long i'm going to be on this earth no i i don't know if i'm going to have enough money to get through retirement i, I don't know I, I don't know if right now I have some disease that, that hasn't even manifested symptoms yet. I, I, I don't know that. But I know this, that one day when my lungs take their last breath and my heart pumps blood through my body for the last time, that my soul is going to depart from this body and I'm going to be with the Lord. And that's why I can live with confidence. I don't have to fear the future. God meant for us to, to know. So faith is assurance of things hoped for. So how do we know our future? We know it by faith. We know that we have eternal life. 
There are other things about the future that we know by faith. Faith gives us certainty in the second coming of Christ and our our resurrection. Listen to Job from the Old Testament, what he said. Job 19 verse 25 says, For I know that my Redeemer lives, and at the last he will stand upon the earth. And listen very carefully or you'll miss this. And after my skin has been thus destroyed, yet in my flesh I shall see God. I don't know how much detail Job understood or how much God had revealed to him, but he knew that his Redeemer lived. And here he speaks of the resurrection. He says, after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh I will see God. Job, if you're not familiar with the story, Satan went before God and God said, have you considered my servant Job? And Satan challenges the faith of Job through disaster and disease And yet in the midst of all of this, Job still puts his complete trust in God. So that even after he has lost his children, lost his wealth, and now lost his health, he could say, for I know that my Redeemer lives. How do we come to the point that we can say about something that has not happened yet? something that we don't know when it'll happen, something that we don't know how far it is into the future. How can we say with such certainty that I know this will happen? By faith. When we come to put our our faith in God, then we have certainty that what he has told us is true, And God not only means well, but he has the power to fulfill what he has promised. So how do we we know our future? We know it by faith. How how, how do we have certainty of things that we we cannot see? This is is the definition in Hebrews 11.1. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. We have to have it by faith. You see, there are many things in this world that are unseen. Think about this. The spiritual work of God is unseen. In John chapter 3, Jesus was talking to this, this man named Nicodemus, and he was explaining to Nicodemus this concept of being born again. In, in John chapter 3, verse 6, that's what he says. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. Listen to this analogy that Jesus gives of something that you cannot see, but all of us here believe in. The wind, the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from 
or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Jesus used this analogy of the wind. None of us have ever seen the wind. No one can see the wind. We just see the effects of the winds. We see the, the leaves rustling in the trees. And then in this tornado that we experienced on December the 10th, we saw the destructive power of wind. You say, well, I, I've seen a tornado. You didn't see the wind, though. What you saw was everything that that wind was carrying, all the dust and debris and rubble. You can't see the wind, but yet we know that it's real because we've seen its effects. And so how do we know that the work of God in people's lives is real? Because we've seen its effect. We've seen people who have truly been changed. People who radically changed our life and from then until death consistently follow the Lord. We've seen things and circumstances line up in unbelievable ways that statistically just impossible without the intervention of God. God is at work in those that seek him to transform them God is at work in unbelievers' lives, drawing them into him. God is at work in his church, accomplishing his will. And yet we can't, we can't see it, but we can see the effects of it. And so by faith, we believe that, that God is doing something. When we were in the pandemic, it's it a strange time. I never, I never foresaw that coming for sure. It was me, Dwayne, a couple musicians, people in the booth, and Sunday after Sunday, we sang to a camera. I stood right here in this very pulpit in an empty room and preached. I couldn't see you, but I believe that some of you were watching and listening and that God would use his word to minister to you and do a work in your life. The work of God is often unseen, but when we have faith in God, we pursue this ministry, believing by faith that God will do something in the lives of people. There's many things that are unseen. Think about this, the protection of angels is unseen now angels can manifest themselves people have seen angels in fact the bible says that some of us have seen angels and weren't even aware but at other times when angels have manifested themselves in their glory they always say in the bible do not be afraid and yet in second kings chapter 6 verse 17 the bible tells us the story about this this great prophet elijah and elijah his servant went out one morning and he saw a foreign army there to capture them. And this young man is trembling in fear, but the great prophet has no concern because he sees something the young man doesn't see. And so 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 17 says that Elijah prayed and said, O Lord, Please open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. 
And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. We, we live under the protection and provision of God. And there are times that angels have delivered us and we didn't even see and we were completely unaware. But not only is God's spiritual work unseen and the angels most of the time are unseen, but friend, God himself is unseen. We can't know God without, without faith. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 15, it says, He, talking about God, it, who is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, who dwells in inapproachable light. And listen to this, whom no one has ever seen or can see. Following God requires having confidence about things that we can't that we can't see. John 1:18 says, "No one has ever seen God. The only God, speaking of Jesus here who Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the only God who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. It's the conviction of things not seen. When we come to have faith in God and his word, that what, that's what gives us certainty about the things that God tells us of, the things of our future, the things around us, the things in our present that God is doing. The reason it's so important to live by faith is because it's faith that leads us to salvation. Look at verse 2, what it says about the people in the Old Testament. For by it the people of old received their commendation. For by it the people of old received their commendation. Talking about faith. So we ask this question. If people today are saved by putting their faith in, and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. How were people saved in the Old Testament? Well, friend, they were saved exactly the same way that you and I are. They just didn't know what you and I know. Today, we look back on the cross and see what God did for us through Jesus Christ. They looked forward, not knowing all the details, but believing that God was going to provide for them. But in the same way, it was their faith and it's our faith that leads us to salvation. In Romans chapter 4, verse 3, it gives us this example of Abraham. It says, for what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. It was Abraham's faith. He believed God when God gave him a promise, and it was counted to him as righteousness. So some people think, well, in the Old Testament, they were saved by the law. But in the New Testament, we're saved by grace. But nothing could be farther from the truth. For no one was able to keep the law. 
which was really the point of the law to show people that they needed a savior. The people of old, by their faith, they were saved. People today, by our faith, we are saved. And so Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. So faith is, faith is how we have confidence in the things of God. By, by, by putting our faith in God's word, we, we trust him that what he tells us is, is true. And it's faith that leads us to salvation. For the Bible say that apart from faith, it's impossible to please God. If we're going to know God, we, we have to believe that he exists and that what he says is, is true. So faith is is how we understand the things of God. So listen to what they'll say in verse 3. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. It doesn't matter uh, what time and place you're born in. All throughout the history of mankind, uh, people have been asking the same questions. As you begin to grow as a child and look around, sooner or later, we all ask, where did I come from? And then we begin to ask, why am I here? The questions of, of origin and, and purpose. It's not a new question. And Hebrews chapter 11 says that it's by faith that we understand that the universe was created by the word of God. You see, by faith, we understand the creative power of the word of God. Listen to Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 and 3, the very first words of the Bible. The Bible begins, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And listen to verse 3, what it says. And God said, let there be light. And there was light how can someone speak and make something happen only people with power and authority can do that in the military today when a general speaks people under his command follow his his orders he has power over them God has power and authority over everything that we see. And the Bible never even attempts to answer all of our curiosities. But it declares very clearly that God spoke and brought the world 
into existence. You say, well, how do we know this, Pastor? We simply have to take God at his word. This is what faith means. Now, the thing about faith is God is not calling us to a blind faith. He doesn't call us to believe in something and not give us any reason to believe. So God gives us a foundation for our faith. Think about this. When Jesus came and he said he was the Messiah, what did he do? He performed signs so that the people would know. When God calls us to believe, he gives us reason. We see God work in our lives. We look around us and we realize how beautiful and complex the world is and how silly it is to think that it could all be an accident or random. We see God work in relationships. We see God convict people through the Holy Spirit. We see God move in different ways. God gives us reason and evidence. But there comes a point when God says, I've showed you enough. I've told you enough. Trust me. Believe my word. And so it is that Hebrews says about creation. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God. In John chapter 1, John very clearly mimics the opening of Genesis. Genesis 1-1 begins with the words, in the beginning. John chapter 1 verse 1 begins, in the beginning. In the beginning was the word. You remember how God in Genesis, it says he created the world? He, he spoke. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. And without him was not anything made that was made. Who is the word? Verse 14 says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. God tells us that through his word, he created the world. Father, son, and spirit working together. In the beginning was God, and the spirit was hovering over the waters, and God spoke the word. In Revelation, the last book of the Bible, it tells us about the power of the word of God. In Revelation chapter 19, verse 13, it says, He is clothed. It's talking about Jesus in the, in the second coming. He is, he is clothed in a robe dipped in blood. And the name by which he is called is the Word of God. And the armies of heaven arrayed in fine linen, white and pure, were following him on white horses. From his mouth comes a sharp sword. Don't take that literally. Listen to what it will go on to say about this sharp sword. From his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. 
and he will rule them with a rod of iron, and he will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God the Almighty. And on his robe and his thigh he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. The Bible is very clear that this is speaking about Jesus, and yet this speaks about this sword in this place and in other places, and the sword is the truth, the word of his mouth. He is called by the name, the word of God. Power of the word of God. How do we believe that? We believe it by, by faith. We trust that what God says is is. It's true. And by faith, we understand that the world was not made out of anything we can see. In the second part of verse 3, he says, so that what, was, what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. There's, there's more to this life than what we can see. I'm more than what I can see. I'm not just flesh and bone. I have a soul, a spirit. And so do you. And friends, we're, we're not alone here today. God is at work. But we only know this. If we choose to take God at his word, and believe him and put our faith in him. Let's pray together. Father, help us to have faith that you're real, that you're honest, and that you speak truth. Lord, as we read your word, may we believe everything that it says. May we be conformed to the image of your son as we choose to follow after him. For it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Today, I want to encourage you to make a choice. At some point, we have to decide whether we think the Bible's true or whether we think it's just fairy tale. I was in Israel uh, with my mom. It's just two of us. We went on a 15-passenger van tour with some folks, and there was this lady from uh, Eastern Europe, and she clearly didn't speak very much English, and she was all by herself. And so we, as we went around kind of from site to site and place to place, uh, uh, I, I just noticed she's just kind of all by herself. So when we sat down for this meal, I ended up sitting beside her. And so I, I just wanted to be friendly and kind, just make her feel part of the group. And I, and I said, I said ma'am, do you speak any English? And she says, just a little. And so in very broken English, we were able to have just a little conversation. And I, and I asked her what she thought about the sights that we'd seen and the things that we'd heard about Jesus. Did she understand anything that she had heard? And she said, I don't believe it. She said, I think it's just like any other legend or, or fairy tale. She said, but I still wanted to see the sights. And I thought, 
there, there are many people today that's exactly where they're living. They, they've concluded that the Bible is unreliable, that it's not from God, and it can't be trusted. If that's true, then you and I don't have any reason to hope for eternal life or heaven. We don't have any reason to look for the protection of angels or to see God work in our lives to restore families or to draw people into repentance. We don't have any hope or reason. But if you believe any of those things are true and they exist, I want you to understand they're all taught in the Bible. And sooner or later, you have to make a decision of what you think this book is. And when you come to the point in your life that you believe that it's from God and that it's true, then you can live with certainty and faith that when God tells you something, you can believe it. The Bible says about itself, these things have I written that you may know that you have eternal life. You know, according to the Bible, there's not one of us here today that deserves eternal life. But because God is gracious and loving and merciful, he longs to give it to us as a free gift. That's why Jesus came and died on the cross, was to pay for our sins, a, a debt that we cannot pay. And yet he paid it for us. Today, if you were to take God at his word and receive the forgiveness that he offers, you could receive a hope for the future that is certain. You could receive an inheritance that you don't even fully understand yet. And like Job, that we read about earlier, you could live with a certainty of knowing that one day you will see your Redeemer. Friend, if you're here today, and a long time ago you made a profession of faith in Christ, but somewhere along the way, you've lost confidence in the scripture that maybe they're not all true, maybe they're not all reliable. I would urge you today to pray about that. The Bible claims that it is the very word of God, that it's inspired and that it's all from God. When we come to believe that, we will submit our lives to it and we'll follow it. So as we begin to sing this last song, would you just examine your heart? Maybe you're here today and you've never made a decision to follow Christ. You can step out during the song. You can come find me after the song. I will help you pray, call upon the Lord. Or you can pray right there. You don't need me. I'm not a priest. You can just speak to God where you sit or where you stand and ask for forgiveness. And because of what the Bible says, I can assure you that if you ask in sincerity, God will give you that gift. Maybe you're here today and you're a believer, but there's some things in your life that you realize you really need to change. God's beginning to convict you, begin to speak to you about these things. Would you just confess those as sin? Just, just say a prayer. Let everybody else sing. Confess those things as sin to God. And say, God, use me. Friend, whatever you need to do to respond to the Lord, 
Right now is the time to do it. Let's stand as we sing together.